0: Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at com slash BlueWire. That's 60% off at com slash BlueWire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash BlueWire. Rules and restrictions apply. We talk a lot of rotisserie
1: fantasy baseball in the show, but we're going to be focusing on head-to-head points today. Going to be reviewing my draft and the Tout Wars head-to-head auction from Sunday Hope you'll join us on the RotoWire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Welcome to the RotoWire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Clay Link here with FSWA Hall of Famer Todd Zola. Good to be on with you Todd and as I said in the intro, uh, a focus on head-to-head points today—a very popular format and uh, one that I've really grown fond of myself. But first, how are you today on this Friday afternoon? Tom?
2: Doing well. I wish I was in Vegas and you had to find a partner to do this, but well, you know, it's—I'll uh, make my return finally. Zola will return to Vegas at some point, but not this year.
1: Yeah, I hope to get out there too. It's a little- legendary weekend but i've never been out there for main event wait vegas weekend james is out there for the first time i believe so good luck to james anderson and his main events um yeah i figured we'd get right into this head-to-head format because i just posted my review finally Tower Wars went down my particular draft on sunday and i just got my review up so check that out rotowire.com rotowire.com slash free for uh 10-day trial or try. We have a couple different variations of that URL. But uh, rotowire.com slash try. You get 10 days on us, no credit card required, just your email. And then at the end of 10 days, we're not going to charge you because we don't have your uh, your billing info. You can decide at that point if you want to give us your business. But Todd, obviously moving from a Roto
2: League to a Points League
1: requires a pretty big shift in thinking, right?
2: Yeah, um, yeah. One's road and one's points. Oh wait, you want more than that? It's it. Does. Honestly, that
1: that pretty much covers.
2: It. <laughs> it's pretty basic. Stuff. It it does, and we've talked about it. We've written about it, but the a lot of the uh, statistical balance, obviously, all the statistical balance that goes on isn't as important. It's just hitting versus pitching, and when you want to jump in with one or the other related to the scoring. And then it has to do with how you adjust versus replacement, versus the hitting hitting pool versus the pitching pool. And in this particular league, that it's kind of skewed because you allow changes for both hitters and pitchers on Friday, correct?
1: Yes. There are up and down moves for both hitters and pitchers on Friday. Monday's end yeah. Time.
2: So that kind of that kind of messes up replacement and because you're gonna you you know you can you you can stream you can do this. You, it, it makes it a little bit more it, it is variable with the actual valuation. So besides the fact that in points leagues you could do the perfect adjustment replacement versus hitting and versus pitching, but if the room's not making that adjustment. It's you know, you're drafting all of one or all of the other because I'm doing the right way, but then you get shortchanged on one or the other, and it's not so much, I mean, it's so much shortchanged with points, but you're just picking from a weaker pool. And the end of the day, your your team isn't as good because there's all these pitchers that you liked and you already filled in your pitching. So I don't get overboard with, I got to find the exact proper replacement point. I mean, I just if I just kind of get it so that. Well, yeah, you know what? Hit a replacement smaller than pitcher replacement, so I got to make this adjustment here and there. Uh, but I don't; it's not so stringent because you are adjusting to the room, and I, I guess you need to make a catcher adjustment regardless of the league, and um, and then it's just a matter of you know. It, but this is an auction besides the flat Now, so now you get your pricing. Now you throw in the fact that it's a twelve-team auction. Which basically you just you know here here's what you do with values of 12-teen option okay you know that's it that's that's my yeah. uh, I hope I didn't need that um I it's my scribble paper hopefully it wasn't like a like a W nine or whatever anyway um your W
1: two or whatever you,
2: yeah the, the the 1099s or something I have those I have those elsewhere they're in a non-rippable point spot but the point being um is we'll talk about there's you know. This this particular league likes to go extreme stars and scrubs. There there were I was disappointed. There are only fifty six one dollar players in this particular auction. We've had up to seventy two in this league before.
1: Yeah, I, I think I heard that stat on the XM broadcast of the show. Pretty wild that you know I was contributing to that too. I've sure. uh, skewed away from that stars and scrubs approach as I wrote about in this article. Uh, thank you to Ariel Cohen for sharing,
2: showing me the errors of my ways with stars.
1: Well, and scrubs. You, you, I
3: don't
2: know. That's errors. I just think it's, it's an alternate path. Ariel does yeah. well. People that go stars and scrubs have done well. So, so
1: yeah, I mean, DVR has done well, you can make it work, but yeah, I don't feel like that's the best way to go about building a fantasy baseball team in an auction draft because you're putting yourself. It's like putting a category. Why kind of climb uphill from the start? There's just no reason to. And, uh, I also feel, also feel like it's kind of a cop-out. Like It kind of takes you out of having to find the differences between players in the in the mid-range. Mid you just kind of pay up at the top, then you have your sleepers. And I just found, for me, it was kind of a, a cop-out in past years.
2: You need to be really disciplined in knowing when to start to buy the players, and yeah. that comes from experience. I heard people talking on, on the Fantasy Sports channel, which is better, and they were basically saying – it's better to play the middle game when you first start. I disagree with that. I think when you're, you're first auction, you you go stars and scrubs because you're guaranteed to spend your money and
1: yeah, leaving if, leaving money on uh, the table is the worst thing you can do.
2: Yeah, and I'm, I I was I mean I would say surprised. That's not what I'm looking for. I was curious to see what this league would do because a lot of times newcomers to an extreme uh, stars and scrub or you know auction like this end up leaving money on the table. And I think the only newcomer was our friend Micah, Micah Henry. And he didn't. He did fine. So I uh, yeah. made the adjustment and no one left money in the table.
1: Yeah, that is one thing you don't want to do. Um, but, yeah, I've just – it can make it work. I just – again, I don't think it's the best way to go well, about – This will be curious, right? – in the auction. See how you, yeah. you,
2: you've competed before, so let's yeah. see if you compete this way.
1: Yeah, that's true. I was in the mix with Stars and Scrubs, but – a perennial bridesmaid as howard bender said on on xm <laughs> it was a real burn but no i, I um but yeah i Ooh, want to yeah, thank Alex. you todd and the rest of the Tout wars board for including me in Tout wars and thanks to Ariel and you know paul Spore and others for teaching me lessons that i've been able to carry forth into other leagues and formats even uh, so this has been a really fun league i love roto but uh, this, this individual or this particular points league has kind of opened my eyes to how fun this is. Just good old fashioned fun. Yep. And I think it is important to kind of have your finger on the pulse when it comes to the general public and try to do that, but I'm so roto focused. This has kind of helped me expand my horizons. So I've been really having a lot of fun with this league. We'll, let's first dive into the format. Let's just lay this out specifically. It is the CBS points format. We don't have a universal format yet, Right. For points in fantasy baseball, well, the we're winner not... of this league gets to okay. choose which one they
2: want. Yes, I, I sort of stepped on what you were pointing. I thought you were going to talk about we don't have a universal for tout wars. and the, they, Okay, so, but you're right. That's part, one of the issues with uh points leagues is, uh you know, ESPN, uh Fantrax, CBS, Yahoo, NFBC are all different. And uh so, yeah. you know, it makes for a challenge, but...
1: In football, there's PPR, non-PPR, but everything Pitch, else is yeah, four points for a quarter, yeah. four But four points for not a touchdown. In season, right.
2: right? Four points for touchdown pass, six points for touchdown pass. That's less of an issue, True. but yeah, no. You hear yeah, in, in football, you don't even have to ask if it's PPR anymore. You just assume it. So on the hitting side, a single is a point,
1: a double two points, triple three points, homer four. So correlating to total bases there. Uh, RBI is a point, run is a point, a walk is a point. Then you get a uh, negative 0.5 points for every hitter strikeout. 2 points for a stolen base and then minus 1 for caught stealing. So again, you kind of throw categories out the window and you really with that, you have really no incentive to to chase stolen bases. You do get points for steals, but the trade-off in my opinion, Todd, isn't worth it really in, In any case, I mean, obviously, you still want those high-end players like Bobuchet and Trey Turner, but the premium those guys get shouldn't shouldn't be there in a points league.
2: Right, right. And a matter of fact, you may even consider stolen bases more risky than home runs. So the the confidence level that a particular player achieves a stolen base projection should be less. So you know, if I'm looking at two players and one guy, you know, hits more homers. And the other one steals more bases to get their projected points. I'll go with the homers guy because I feel safer. Absolutely.
1: Then on the pitching side, a win is seven points. A loss is negative five on the pitching side. Save seven points. Quality start three. Strikeout 0.5 points for your pitcher. Base on balls negative one. Every inning pitched is three points. Hits allowed minus one. Earned runs minus one. Hit batsman minus one. So, the big wrinkle here is the innings pitched three. So every out recorded on the mound by your pitcher is a point. Obviously the, uh, you know, walks hits earned runs are going to subtract a lot from that, but this really puts a, a premium and pushes up volume and starting pitching.
2: Correct. And I think most, most points leagues have innings pitched as a, uh, one of the categories it kind of uh, changes per league. But that's kind of common. And um, as you'll explain in a moment, because there's a little bit of a roster quirk we have with the pitchers in here, innings pitch, it's its nothing, It's nothing. something you don't want to overlook it when you're, when you're valuing your players.
1: Yeah, it's so vitally important. Now that, as we'll get to, doesn't take closers out of the mix completely, that emphasis on volume. Uh, but it does really, you know, it, Kyle Hendricks, you may not really think about this year in a 12-team mixed league, Still, has a lot of value. There's a lot of innings. So, that is kind of the number one big wrinkle, in my opinion. I plugged the scoring system into the RotoWire software, as you should do mm-hmm. with any points format. You plug it into some software, it doesn't have to be ours. But I will say, our I- iOS app, when I checked today, is number three in the iOS store. So, I recommend you uh, using the RotoWire Fantasy Baseball Draft Kit 22, especially if you have iOS devices. And eight of the first 12 pitchers or players projected, the top 12 projected earners, uh, among those top 12, eight were pitchers. So that just speaks to, to how much pitching gets inflated here. And, right. And but starting that, that pitching in
2: particular. Right. And that speaks to the replacement I was talking about before, because the back end pitching is going to project higher than the hitters. So when you make that adjustment, the list probably comes out more even.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, um, Obviously you want to, you don't want to skew too heavily. And maybe if you go straight off the projected dollar values, you could go a little too heavy on the pitching side. And maybe I did. actually, my split was kind of close to 50, 50. It was like 52, 48. Um, so you don't want to get too crazy on that side, but you do. I do think it's wise to skew more your spending toward pitching, given the scoring system, by the way, you can see the results for how many, how many towers drafts were there? Like, Seven. Know, seven
2: seven
1: six. yep and they're all in one handy spot so thank you guys for, for making that freely available to everybody it's in the same google doc you can go to tout i also link to it in my article uh spreadsheet very valuable stuff and i'll concentrate it in one spot and you guys offer a lot in season two especially you know the uh the early publication of fab i think this dot you know, is a great place to go Especially if you're scrambling late on a Sunday to do fab,
2: a great starting spot. Yeah, we, we're gonna have the tout table posted up fairly soon, early next week, where we ask the touts a question and we get a lot of good responses. Right now, you're getting all the you you send a link to, to Peter Kreutzer, he'll post the link for your piece. So all the all the everybody writing about their post of their drafts are, are located there. And as you suggest, when we run fab, what we do is we post the results really quickly. Um, some clown has this table and he just drops stuff in and it generates a table and he drops it into the Tout Wars site and if the, t- the fabs at eight o'clock he usually has it out about uh, eight twenty five eight thirty p.m. So uh, I try to get that done pretty quickly. We don't offer analysis; we just offer the the, the names of the bids. I love that There's, though. That's
1: all I would need to see. in um, yes. Yep.
2: In my younger days, I'd stay up till four in the morning and write up the labor and Tout Wars because they both ran at midnight. I'm not so young anymore. <laughs> So uh, if someone wanted to take that over, they're more than welcome to, but uh, yeah, that'd yeah.
1: be a cool thing for somebody to maybe grab by the horns. Like,
2: there you go. I mean, I did the time. I didn't look at me now, huh? but uh, oh, anyway, yeah, I, 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 yeah that, that's, that's what it says is, uh, you know, for your, all your efforts, writing up fab, that was on my top wars, <laughs> my, my, my health. Nah, not anyway, but um, yeah. And right now we've got the, uh, the table with the, like I said, the link with all these drafts all in a Google, Google sheet. Doubt Wars is coming out soon uh peter kreutz's baby where you can shadow draft the leagues and there's prizes awarded and you know if you shadow if you shadow draft the league and if you win the league we give prizes out to the doubt wars people so that should be coming up soon as well so yeah it's uh we try to stay try to stay involved with the league you know obviously interest fades as as football comes on and some other things but we have pretty good engagement we've got seven yet leagues a lot of the younger Younger folk, ladies and gentlemen, on the uh, in the on Twitter, are keeping it up. So we uh, we've done a good job engaging on Twitter with some of the younger people who kind of grew up with social media.
1: Yeah, that's great, and yeah, towers Wars is a great in-season resource along with draft resource, and appreciate you guys pushing those live because yeah, I do my research. I usually have my bids in, except for some weeks where I'm less scrambling, but I usually have mine in, and I kind of fact check or kind of double check my work against the other bids. Maybe I missed somebody. I'm like, Oh yeah, this guy, you know, was bid on the AL league. I'll maybe consider him or throw them on my waterfall and just have them as a backup.
2: Yeah. We've got the NFPC in a couple hours afterwards. So some people yeah. even use those as a, you know, kind of a, if, if, if only to recognize the name, you know, Oh, I should have thought of this player. So yeah, cross
1: checking yeah, yeah. I think it's yeah. super valuable. So again, thanks. Uh, but back to my draft in this towers, head to head points, Mixed league auction draft. Uh, Walker Bueller was my top guy. Now, the projections on RotoWire through the scoring system had him at 34.2. I like him a little bit more. So I was thinking maybe 36. But at that point, uh, I think Bueller was the 15th player nominated. There was already quite a bit of inflation in the room.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I felt like I could go over a couple bucks because, again, I didn't want to leave money on the table you think that's something that you should do is gauge the dynamics of your auction and maybe if you notice some spending, maybe go up a couple extra dollars on a few players just so that you're kind of at least on pace with the rest of the room and you're not going to be in danger of leaving money on the table?
2: Yeah, so the key is, I mean, the number you got from the Rotowire online software was the projected earnings. So if you paid more, well, you're you're going to take a loss. But then you say, well, I'm going to I'm going to get so much profit at the end that I can afford to take a loss or two at the beginning. Then the next, you know, the correlated, you know, the 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 counter to that is, well, you're always going to get the profit at the end. Why take the loss at the beginning? Why not jump in the bidding where you're not taking a loss? And that's where the that's where the caveat is. That is where the experience comes in. You better you better jump in. Where the prices have gone down, and there better be enough players available so that you can fill out your roster. You can leave a, you know, you can leave a, this is kind of like a hyperbolic example, but you could leave with 23 players that you have priced at, you know, $15 and you got them all for 10 Wow, that's great. You could $5 profit at every player, but you left 30 bucks on the table. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's that, that's kind of the, it, the, yes, it does make sense. So I don't know if cop-out is the right word, um, but I do get your, I do get that thinking that by spending, overspending, it, it makes it easier to spend it all. And you don't force yourself into that that trap of, and there are ways, and we've talked about it. I know I've talked written about it where I keep tiers, where I keep uh, how much I want to spend per spot versus my rankings and how much they were projected. And once there aren't players to, Fit into my spots. I move my, you know, thirty-five dollar spot. No more thirty-five dollar players. I'll take ten dollars from that spot and distribute it among the other spots. And if you if you stay religiously to that sort of setup, you'll you're gonna jump in at the point where the market and your numbers match and there's enough players to fill all your spots. So that's that's sort of the key. Uh, but oh, you know, getting getting a, a overpaying, air quote overpaying for a couple of players. No, there's no problem at all with that, especially uh, because the the valuation and projection methodology are so flawed that you said you had not priced at 34 and you spent 38. That's almost six. Yeah, yeah, that's within the error of that's within the error of the valuation and 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 projection. So you're not even really overspending. Yeah, I just
1: I thought that was within range, especially given the inflation in the room. That it just made sense to uh, start and. Start investing in some some good players. I uh, didn't want to invest all in the middle middle range. So we talked about how this point system emphasizes volume and innings. So you may see my purchases of Josh Hader and Liam Hendricks and be a little confused. Hader at twenty bucks, Hendricks at twenty two. Now I was listening to the XM broadcast of this auction, and they seem to be kind of you know crapping on me a little bit. That's all right. Uh, not, you know, there is all in good fun, but they did not seem to particularly understand these prices. They mentioned that, you know, maybe I tried to set the market, but I didn't set the market. And they made good points that, yeah, you ideally you have some RP eligible starters to put in those two designated RP spots. And that all sounds great. But I've found in theory, this is where one where, you know, the experience has really taught me a valuable lesson in this league it's all good in theory, but in practice, I've found it actually really is beneficial to have some good closers because if you, with the up and down moves every Monday and Friday, that's, you know, nine times two, that's 18 pitching slots to take advantage of every week. Chances are, even if you have a bench full of starters, you're not going to have 18 starts Mm -hmm. on your team to take advantage of. So, you know, trim that down. I have a couple Relievers locked in, and then filter your your starters through the other sixteen slots you have on your pitching side on a weekly basis. I've I found over the years myself, and I've hurt myself by doing
2: it, and
1: others seem to have
2: some dead spots in those half weeks. You came up with such a smart point there because uh, that was kind of what I was alluding to with innings earlier. That you got to keep that in mind in your scoring system. That's that's where the that's where the um the the bulk pitchers we're talking about here, right? That's people think that the bulk pitching is, is the way to make up the market inefficiency. But as you suggest, unless they have two starts that week, you're gonna be taking a zero. Uh, in so, one of the half weeks, yeah. Right. Right. So um I can see what they're saying. What I what I think that what it means is for me anyway, I'm more I, I'm I'm I don't mind taking because I mean, you can use the bulk pitcher as a star. The you have to have two relievers. The yes. other seven could be anything. Uh, yeah, so, those
1: relievers, well, those pitchers in release spots don't necessarily have to be relievers. They just have to have reliever
2: eligibility. Which is actually there's a, a, a near controversy that we uh, serendipitously oh, yeah. didn't have. Uh, Peter and critic and I spent a little while yesterday figuring this all out. But I mentioned Micah before. Uh, left the draft, and we thought he only had eight starters and one reliever and didn't have a reliever-eligible pitcher. So he pointed out Luis Severino relieved four games. eligible. He he was released four games last year. But the problem with that is the Tout Wars rules, um, you kick down, if you don't have, in this case, five or a batter, 15 games played, it's not the most games played at that position in the MLB. You've got to go to the, the most games played at combined all leagues that you played in. As an example, Kevin Smith uh, batting, excuse me, um, 14 games at third base, and that was it. Well, a couple of DHs. The most games he played was 14 at third base. He's not third base eligible in Tout Wars. We go down to the minors, and he played the most games at shortstop. So in Telt Wars, until he gains eligibility elsewhere, Kevin Smith is shortstop. So using that principle with Severino, we went to the minors. And, of course, combined, he had four games as a starter. So now we've got four games as a starter and four games as a reliever. And you got to give them both at this point. So he does have relief pitching eligibility. But if he had one more game as a starter in the minors, then he would have been a starting pitcher. Now maybe maybe uh, Micah knew the rule and he would have drafted somebody else. But, uh, you know, we were we, we caught a break in that it was covered in the rules and we're going to clean up the the clean up the, the writing of that. And um, I also don't I don't like the rule where I think uh, back to Kevin Smith, most leagues have him eligible third base because they use the major league eligibility. So we're going to have a discussion. Uh, knock on wood in, uh, in uh, October in October. Uh, somewhere in in Arizona, the board will get together and and talk about these rules. And that's one that I want to bring up. I think we should go to the change that in which case Severino would have been a reliever because the four games he pitched last year were in relief.
1: Well, real quick, before we move on, we got to take care of a little bit of business. So, uh, stay with us. We'll be back after these quick messages.
3: A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas.
1: And now we are back on the Roadwire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Cleveland here with Todd Zola. Reviewing last Sunday's head-to-head points league auction, Taut Wars, great field. Uh, Frank Stamphill won last year, and I fell to Ariel Cohen in the semis. Frank, with with the win, he gets to choose the scoring system, and he chose his uh, his site, CBS. No surprise there. Uh, we're talking about you know the decision to invest heavily in a couple closers. I just found that the price wasn't as high as it should be because again. You know, I also got Corey Canable and you know, Andrew Kittredge. So in those you know 18 slots every week, I'm going to be able to cycle through pitchers, starting pitchers to about 14. I just, you know, that, that criticism that, well, you just need to get more relief eligible starters. Well, that's great, but you're not going to have, you know, one of those guys is going to start on a Wednesday and then you're going to have a dead spot Friday through Sunday. So I just want to have fewer dead spots and relievers just set and forget and then cycle through your starters and those other slots. Xander Bogarts, Aaron Judge, $23 respectively. Uh, this format kind of makes this essentially like an OBP league, so I was pretty happy. And I'm breathing a sigh of relief, Todd, because I'm starting to get a little nervous about this whole New York vaccine mandate thing and Aaron Judge and you know mm-hmm. uh, Rizzo and whoever else but it sounds like at least what i saw yesterday is that they're going to be lifting that for athletes and entertainers so mm-hmm. um i'm feeling a little bit more confident in drafting judge
2: where i have him. no for sure and you i mean can we can we say we knew it was going to get taken care of we, suppose, sh- we sure I, hope was, so i mean yeah I, I the toronto deal is a different story but the, the, we're going to figure the baseball out so it was just you know we don't want to get political but there was an issue, you know, they have laid off workers in February. So we had to figure, they had to figure out a way to make sure everything was cool and, and fair amongst those that have lost their jobs that aren't being paid millions of dollars, like an Aaron judge, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So um, hopefully New York will and has figured something out and we can go on. And then we just deal with Toronto. As You know, the deal there is can't cross the border unless you've been vaccinated. So th- there is a possibility that some teams, aren't with aren't at full strength when they go play Toronto.
1: Yeah. That's still in the mix and kind of still worries me for some AL East players in particular, but um yeah, at least they'll be able to play their home games. It sounds like Will Smith of the Dodgers. I was kind of laser focused on him. Maybe I overpaid a little bit, but two catcher league. That's I'm happy with him at 24. I think he could be the top points scorer at the position this year. And then Alec Manoa, the broadcast crew kind of criticized this one as well. They made some fair points. The general points were: you need to be disciplined, not married to any player, and, and know when to walk away. I threw that all all out the window and overruled those <laughs> wise points for Manoa because I think he's a special arm and and this in well, this, I mean, the volume is. I feel good about his volume. Let's say that.
2: Well, looks I mean, the better the best way to judge that is let's. See, he's twenty-one. So we got Morton and Verlander at nineteen, Berrios at nineteen, Robbie Ray twenty-two. Um, so maybe um, a, well, I don't right? know Frankie Montas at nineteen. This is the range. Yeah. This is his range. I don't think you reached. I mean, I see a couple pictures that I you know, that I like a little bit better, and I see a lot of pictures that I like worse at the same price. So I mean, mm-hmm. this this is the tier. You know, this is the range. So I, I don't, I don't, I don't agree that that that's. I mean, that that would be a reach.
1: Well, again, I do think they made good points and they were, you know, very kind with their criticism, but I, uh, I just disagreed in this particular instance. Like, I yeah. do think it's very wise to it's wise to just not be married to anybody and go into a draft, right. not laser focused on guys. And maybe I need to get better at that, but man, I'm excited about Alec Manoa And yeah, I, I agree. I
2: look at that body
1: and I see a bunch of, I see a workhorse.
2: Yeah. I agree with the, with the, with the idea, with the, with the statement, I don't agree that you were so married to him that you overpaid. Mm -hmm. You know?
1: Yeah. I think that's fair. I mean, 21 I'm happy with. So, especially, yeah, given, you know, I'd had Bueller, but no other starters yet. And I felt Mm -hmm. like he was the last guy I could really give me bulk innings. Then I really kind of dabbled in that, in this next tier where I really couldn't live when going stars and scrubs, but I was able to get Bobby Witt at nine, which surprised me. I didn't, you know, I thought he'd probably push up into the mid-teens. Max Munty for seven, Mitch Hanniger for eleven, Dansby Swanson eight, Luis Garcia ten, Kyle Hendricks four, Sonny Gray six. Again, this is a kind of a range I just kind of had to avoid going stars and scrubs. But I'm really happy with the the quality of the players I was able to get in single digits here.
2: You, you don't you usually don't live in that range. It's kind of a no. it's kind of a rush. To, you know, yeah, it is. Get a, get a twenty one dollar Mitch Hannigan for eleven. You know, <laughs> it, no, it is. It's it is close. like
1: that's Stars and Scrubs is fun. Like you're riding high after those first few, but getting all these values in the mid range really it's does kind of
2: it's kind of a spark rush. you. Yeah. yeah, you know Verdugo, etc. So no, I, I you know when this I've been playing. It's kind of weird. We've had opposite philosophies. I've been playing in the middle, and I wanted to, I wanted to spend more. Mm. Um, I didn't quite you know go forty dollars, thirty dollars players. But I wanted to because if you spend too much in the middle, you are fighting with other. You know, because there's always, as you find out, that even if you go stars and scrubs, there's that one more guy that you can spend on. And when there's twelve people that have one more guy, that's twelve middle players that get taken away. You know, or eleven because you're one of them. So you, the, the you don't always get the bargains in the middle because you know there's always that one more guy that wants one guy, and it's not quite as bad in a points league, but in a roto league, if you play that game, it, it could be a stolen base guy, it could be the best third baseman. And that, that player just gets just accelerated or inflated way more than he should. But um I do I do like if you the money management, if you're good at it, whether you go stars and scrubs or modified stars and scrubs, uh, I think that is where you make your hay and that you know that's where Ariel makes his makes his move and, you know, look at some of the players. Ariel got at below market from whatever, 12 to 20. His roster is just loaded in that range.
1: Yeah, going Stars and Scrubs last year, I made it to the semis, as I said. But then I went up against Ariel, and I had a good team. But 1 through 23 is what matters, not 1 through 10. It's 1 through 23, and I took a page from his book, Building This Team.
2: He did kind of crush it, didn't he?
1: yeah he's oh in the postseason last year yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah he did kind of i thought he's, i had a good team at that, but i just did not have the firepower yeah
2: he did kind of crush it by to be, talk, to be honest
1: yeah, valuable, but he didn't valuable. win but he didn't win yeah but i just every night going up against him, i look at my roster look yeah. at his and you know i got some good players but i also have like manuel margot as my fifth outfielder and yeah. brendan rogers at second base on the road and yeah, <laughs> yeah. just Taught me a lesson about one through 23 last year, so thank you again, Ariel Cohen, who was on the XM show this on uh Thursday. So, we'll yep. check that out if you yeah. Um, so yeah, I was happy to to get a lot of these players here. And Max Muncy, I gotta say, it's seven bucks and in drafts too. I have to say, Max Muncy is feeling like one of the top like market inefficiencies on the board right now. I sounds like he's gonna be ready to go. And he's not gonna have to like throw across a diamond much, although they I heard you mention they played him at third base in the spring game, seemingly to just yeah and let everybody know he's he's a okay and they got the <laughs>
2: DH to play
1: with now. I really don't have many concerns with Muncie.
2: Right. And you kind of mentioned something else earlier about this particular league. It's it's akin to an OPB league. Yeah. And he's an OBP monster. So I think there there's the injury inefficiency, and then there's also the if you didn't plug it into a scoring system and you're just kind of drafting, you don't realize how well he scores in this league.
1: True. Now I mentioned that this last group of players, the Bobby Witt, Muncie, Haniger, Swanson, Garcia, Hendricks, Gray, I couldn't really live in before. And then this next group, I would just always have to sit back and just cringe as these values. Flew off the <laughs> board. But with the more conservative approach, spreading the budget around more evenly, I was actually able to be in on these guys, bit them up when I saw a crazy value going off the board. Paul Spore went the Stars and Scrub route. He, he tried to sneak in Jonathan Scope for a buck. I had to bid two because, I mean, an everyday guy with that volume yeah. probably shouldn't be a buck. So it was, you know, there's a rush in that mid tier, but then in the end game, too, it feels good to not let values slide. Letting values go in the end game when you don't have any money to do anything about it can be pretty darn frustrating.
2: Yeah, and then, like I mentioned, this there were 56 $1 players. It turned into a draft pretty quickly. But you know w- there is a point where you've got three or four guys that you've know, got you know, seven spots for a dollar or maybe $10. And so you can go up one on, on one or two of them. So you you, know, you put your little star next to them. And once they're off the board and they say, eh, everybody's the same, you're willing to go down to that dollar days. But you're right. You're right. There's always a two or three players that you want to go two or three on to and make sure you get them before they're all the same, just another guy.
1: I don't mean to pull a Barry Horowitz and pat myself on the back too hard, but we did get, we were getting down there. And I noticed a few teams with a max bid of five. I can't say I was looking at every team and, you know, really mm-hmm. taking into account their max bids really closely, but I saw a few max bids of five. So I threw Cabrian Hayes out of five and crickets. Yep. So I was pretty damn happy about that. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. the steals at third base don't matter in this points league as much, but everyday playing time, and I think this is a player who could take a step forward.
2: Right. So let's see. He well, yeah, he is your. Is he the only? Well, you have Taylor. Taylor's eligible third, and Bobby Witt, right? So you do have some coverage there. But um, no, I agree that that's the kind of player that that's nice to get, and um, yeah, the run production it won't be so great with Pittsburgh, but they'll have enough that that he'll warrant the five dollars for sure.
1: Yeah, again, that's one where in the mixed league Roto, you're probably more interested, but I thought that was uh the price was right on Cabrine Hayes at five bucks. And Conforto, I've been ending up with Conforto a lot. Four bucks seems good, but I'm starting to get a little nervous, Todd. I I have no issues of you know, no concerns about him finding a major league team. But at this point in spring training, do you think it's maybe getting a little late for him to be ready to go on opening day? Like even if he signs after this podcast, could he get up to speed in time for open
2: I, I don't. I don't know what he's doing now. Is he getting? Yeah. Is he getting batting practice with a college team? I'm, I don't know. Is is Rick Porcello throwing him BP? Um, <laughs> I you know. I, I, at this point, I don't know. But probably I not guess... throwing
1: him BP in his showcases.
2: Otherwise, Porter <laughs> <Gordon laughs> yeah. would have a team. But... Exactly. So no, I don't know. Um, I'm not as concerned. And you know what though? I mean, in this league for four for four bones. He is your outfielder. And let's see, you've got McCutcheon, who I kind of like. And if you needed to go out and get somebody that you can, you know, you can go out and find somebody to play outfield. There is a fab period before the season begins, the Wednesday before the opening day. So if he has, you know, if you're, if he signed, you know, over the weekend and you're not comfortable, at least for the first couple of weeks, either you just put McCutcheon in or you go out and you fab a guy and you're all set.
1: I was pretty pumped to get Trey Mancini at three. Of course, great comeback story for him. And as scary as that, that issue was with, with cancer. I don't think that's something you you know build in miss time in the future for. I mean, maybe he requires more treatment. Let's hope and, and pray he doesn't, but um, that's not something where I'm like docking him expected playing time in the future myself. Uh, do you think the park changes hurt Mancini a little bit? How, how are those changes at Camden going to affect?
2: Mancini? On paper, they do. Yeah, but we—it's it, yet to play out. But yeah, I guess. And if the, if you are buying the dip at that, you you know it's baked in. So sure, on paper it has to hurt him at least for power. But maybe he gets more doubles, and in this league, maybe it's not as important because it's right. It's the difference between a homer and a double in Roto. It's just like a—it's a hit for batting average. But here, it's only two. It's only two fewer points. Between four for yeah. Homer and two for double. So it's not nearly as important. Yeah, that's a good point. Like he'll
1: he'll have Once gap, gap power at the very least. Like yep. good gap power. Even if the homers are a little lacking for a regular roto league. Then Alex Wood, three bucks. That was one where I had three bucks remaining. Maybe you know, I could have just got him for a buck, but I didn't want to leave money on the table.
2: Uh <laughs> especially and when Alex all two
1: sixty-four appearances. Mostly. Well, not
2: just that. There's another reason. Alex Wood's really good. Well, no. He's also really injury prone. And oh, if, he gets, yeah, if he's out for the year, you get more fab back. One of the things this league does oh, good is point. It, yeah. it, rebates, um, it rebates fab yeah. for injury. It has to be on the IL. And if you if you decide you don't want to wait for the person to get healthy, you can uh, release him and you get – so in this case, uh, it's 10 times their, their salary, so you get $30 back keeping in mind that we have a $1000 budget. So you always want to you know I had a discussion about this on the baseball HQ forum why did I forget who it was um go for like 18 or 19 and uh, I think it was Anthony Bender and w- once you once you have if you spend you know spend it because if the player were to get hurt you get extra fab back. And yeah,
1: that know, is a nice Thing in this league. Like I, yeah. I haven't really taken advantage of that idea like you know a couple times, but you uh you can stash guys on an unlimited IL but it's right that's probably the other best thing with refut refund that fab. Depends. I if mean it's a long term yeah. absence
2: of course. In a mixed league, you know in in an only league it's really up to decide because you know do I want the hammer at the deadline and all sorts of situations like that. But yeah, you, you also mentioned there's an IL. So there's no reason no reason not to to bid on Alex Wood when he's on the mound. He's really good. If He gets hurt. You have an IL. And if he's out for the reason, out for the season, you get the money back. And, you know, like I, he would be a guy that I would be, you know, he would be my plus one at the end. If someone else would have, uh, have nominated him.
1: And then the reserves, Andrew Kittredge was my first pick. Then Jonathan Loaizaga, Nestor Cortez, Andrew McCutcheon, Jesus Aguilar and Hunter green. So I got some more innings. But then also a couple of relievers to filter in when I don't really have have the starters to, to fill all eighteen slots in, in the half weeks. Uh, between the half weeks, I should say. And Hunter Green, I I guess they're saying they're not going to trade Mali Who knows? But Luis Castillo is now hurt. He's is he now, for
2: opening day? I don't. I think I think because I'm I. The notes that I read, it sounded like he was hurt, but he no longer or you know sore and he no longer is he's just behind. Okay. He advanced
1: recently advanced a long toss, but that's a ways away from being
2: game ready. But it's not hurt. It's uh, just that he was yeah. hurt and he slowed down. So yeah, he's gonna yeah. miss a start or two, but I think he's being penalized as if he's hurt right now. Hmm. And maybe he is and you know or maybe it is more of a concern he got hurt once, he can get hurt again. But it was just some soreness and he's just slowed down and instead of 32 starts he starts 30 games yeah, all right. You knock him down a peg or two in rankings, but he took a he took a nosedive in the in the main event last night. Like pick hundred fifty five or hundred sixty five, something mm-hmm. like that. That's just to me. That's tenth or eleventh round. That's just that's weird. And of course, I'm a little higher on Castillo in general than than the market. So that coming from that perspective, but I I have not both he and Wheeler I think are getting too. And I, I noticed in your Beat Clay Link League. Wheeler went in the third, so that there really wasn't a discount there. But um, I just I think that if it is just soreness and it's just that he a week or two behind in preparation, I'm not concerned. But get it, you know, get him doesn't start in the cold weather. That's good by me.
1: <laughs> yeah, in cheek. If he misses a little bit, that may not be the worst thing. It's yeah. I guess we don't know the extent of the injury. March twenty second, we had a note that slowed by shoulder soreness and may miss the start of the season. I guess he's not even a lock to miss the start, uh, but yeah, I think
2: that we have just, to
1: downgrade him a little bit
2: at least. Or whereas he may have been the opening day starter, maybe now he starts the fourth or fifth. Yeah, game.
1: maybe he doesn't miss a full turn in the rotation. Right, that's, that's possible too, even if he's not ready to go right on opening day. And while we're on the topic of the Reds, I mean, again, I got Hunter Green in reserves, maybe Nick Lodolo you take in reserves. Um, but Tyler Malley in our... Rotowire Stake League. I got him for five bucks. That was a fourteen-team mix league. I couldn't really believe it. I guess that was a pretty Brewers-heavy room, but no love for Tyler Malley, It seems like it seems like he's slipping a little bit for some I,
2: reason. I got him for fourteen in N.L. Tout Wars, and I was happy with that.
1: Yeah, that's I didn't.
2: Low too. I didn't expect. I mean, it was, I was not price enforcing because you know I'm happy with it. Therefore, it wasn't price enforcing. What I had done is I had had three. Pitchers that I liked. One of them being Louis Castillo. Another one, Zach Wheeler, uh, and actually Logan Webb. I had uh, three I'd like to start my rotation. And I, at this point, it's an auction. You can do what you want as far as uh, strategic nominations. I threw out all of the next level of, of pitchers. I knew I wasn't interested in them, uh, but I didn't want them to, you know, fall. To, I didn't want a sixteen-dollar pitcher, sixteen-dollar pitcher, going for eight because he took so long to be nominated. So you know Molly for me was a you know 15, 16, 70 pitcher and what I don't I don't think I got crickets at 14, but I think I put him out at 11 and maybe some toilet. so 14. and that was it. So like I said, I wasn't enforcing. It was just well I, and I didn't plan on getting him, but I'm fine with him at 14. So I think there is some stigma. All right, it's Cincinnati, and he's only had the one year of success and pre- it wasn't so much one year of success previous to that he was terrible well maybe not terrible wasn't very good Mm -hmm. uh so i think there's still you know in the back of our minds there's a you know i need to see especially in that park i need to see him do it longer uh in order to trust so we'll see you got rocked in great american last year but i don't
1: jeff has mentioned jeff erickson has made a good point that you know do you want to draft a guy who you're not really feeling good about starting at home but and he did have bad home numbers, but I don't think, you know, moving forward, you'd necessarily have to bench him at home every time. I mean, especially right. with the Pirates and Cubs. Right. I, I don't think you out. draft him thinking, no, I can't start this guy at home. Um, You'll figure it out. Yeah, I think there's still a lot a lot to like with Tyler Malley. But, yeah, I just wanted to throw that out because I couldn't believe nobody bid him up. It, it seems like the general public just does not. Really like Tyler Malley all that much. Well, we have to take a quick break. I got to bring you some words from our sponsors, but then we'll shift focus to a roto league. The beat Clay Link League went down last night. So uh we'll talk briefly about that 12-team mixer here momentarily. Are you looking for a new platform for your fantasy baseball league? Fantrax free MLB fantasy league manager is the most customizable, easy to use, and feature-rich platform in the industry. Fantrax offers the most in-depth player pool in the industry, including minor league players. Fantrax offers dynasty, keeper, redraft, and best ball leagues. Coming from another service, Fantrax makes the process easy. Fantrax can import any of your current leagues and customize if need. Sign up for free today and be entered to win Fantrax's MLB game day experience, which includes tickets to any MLB regular season game. For your entire league and $1,000 toward travel and accommodations. All you have to do is host your fantasy baseball league on Fantrax to be entered. The more leagues you create, the more chances you have to win. Simply go to fantracks.com slash RotoWire and sign up today. Also experience a new way to play daily fantasy sports on Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is an exciting player prop fantasy contest. With Thrive Fantasy, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on only the top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Sign up for Thrive Fantasy today and receive a free six-month Rotowire subscription. Here's how you can claim your free Rotowire subscription: one, visit rotowire.com/slash/thrive; two, deposit a minimum of ten dollars and receive a one hundred percent deposit bonus up to one hundred dollars; then three play in your first paid contest, and receive a free six-month Rotowire subscription. And then finally, do you think your betting skills are good enough to win you tickets to the Final Four? It's time to put your money where your mouth is. Better Edge is giving away a trip for two to the Final Four in New Orleans. All you have to do is join their contest at betteredge.com slash Final Four. Better Edge believes sports betting with no fees should be the norm. And odds are it's legal in your state. Check it out and enter their March Madness contest for a chance to win a trip to the final four. Head on over to better edge.com slash final four. That's B E T T O R edge.com slash final four terms and conditions apply. All right, Todd, as we wrap things up, let's shift our focus to this rotisserie league five by five beat clay link league, part of the Rotowire online championship. You did your beat Todd Zola league. Uh, what last week, right? Yep. And St. Uh, Patrick's day nice and yeah we're all gunning for that $150,000 overall prize. So there's an individual league prize of course, but then there's that that chance to to really reach for that, reach for the stars and get that $150,000 overall prize. And that's what I was aiming for and to do that I want to you know get my foothold in every single category and so speed, speed, speed. In that points league, stolen bases don't really matter at all, but here where I need standings points to compete in in the league and the overall standings, I need my steals. So I'm going to get my steals, as Lieutenant Aldo Rain might say. But um, Bo Bichette and Tim Anderson, two of my first three picks, Max Scherzer sandwiched in between. I had a little bit of hesitation going with a a second shortstop only eligible player within three picks, but the need for speed kind of overrode those concerns.
2: I know this didn't happen, but, but you know, for people that may be curious or whatever, hypothetically, Bichette goes third, so it's it's Turner, Ramirez, and Bichette. What are you doing for Soto? Uh,
1: James and, asked me that too, and uh, okay. I, it'd be Soto for me. Maybe you push up Cole. I don't know. I think maybe some NFBC players yeah. would do that, but uh, I think in a I'm 12, not quite guess, there on
2: Cole. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm on. I'm on Cole, but not number four. Yeah, Cole. Yeah. yeah. I think. I think in a twelve-team league. I mean, I, I'm going Soto in a 15 team, but uh, in a 12 team, I'm more confident that I'll be able to get the steals that I need later on. Um, so, I hear
1: that. I just wanted to keep my options
2: open. And, oh, no, no, I'm yeah, saying I, that, I, I, no, 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 the uh, hypothetical is if if Bichette's gone, where yeah. would you have gone? That's all. Because um,
1: So you maybe would have considered somebody else other than
2: uh, Soto? No, I, I would have gone Soto, but like I say, oh. I mean, I would have done. In a 12 team, I'm much more – Confident that I'll find my state in a fifteen team. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: I'm not. I'm not averse to the mile straw route. I'm not planning on it. Right. I'm not hoping for it. (laughs) But I'm not running away from it. I will. I will go that route if I need to.
1: That's Um, fine. But just remember, there's only one mile straw in the pool.
2: So there is, but there's a Manny margot later. There's a Vidal brihan later. There are. We take shots on speculative closers there are speculative stolen base options later. So it's, uh, again, I'm not, I'm not, the idea being, I don't know that I would, uh, I'm trying to think how much would be forcing, or who would I be forcing it with? I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, jump up a stolen base guy. I wouldn't take, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take Tim Anderson in the second, just to get steals if I took Soto in the first.
1: I hear you. Yeah, I, and at 12, especially, you don't have quite the same pressure, but I did still want to build up my base early. Yeah. Yeah. To no, keep my sure. options open with the later picks. Will Smith at the Dodgers got him in the fourth. So got him in head to head points. And then here in this Roto League. And then Chris Bryant in the fifth. Uh, again, picking from the four hole. So Bichette, Scherzer, Tim Anderson, Will Smith, and then Chris Bryant. My first Bryant chair, I had some FOMO. So when he was still there, I was I was pretty happy. Him and him and Kors, should be pretty darn nice. And that third base outfield eligibility, dual eligibility is a nice bonus.
2: And there's ten steals there too. Yeah. I'm I'm in the in the in the league I did, the beat Only. league, I'm PO'd. I don't think it's FOMO. I don't know what the what my what the bias would be. I'm PO'd at myself. So that's what PO POM. I'm POM. I'm PO'd at myself. Uh I should have taken Brian in the seventh, not the fifth, the seventh. Oh. And I let him go. I mean, I had I planned on to. I mean, that's what I wanted. But yeah, he wasn't reason, with Colorado then, though. Obviously, ah, uh, he was. It was like it oh, was like what? right after. It was like the day. Oh, it was like man. it was like the next day. It was like that same day. So, oh, yeah, so people, I think you said that to me. Yeah, you know, I, I was never, like, I, I meant it. to. I want. I think I took Kettle Marte instead. So we'll see. Now, am I going to pay for another draft just to take Bryant? I don't know. Never say never. <laughs> I'm going to do an auction though, and uh, I wouldn't. I, I may. I may see. I may may go hard after Bryant in an auction because you mentioned. That third base outfield. And if you are trying to build a little bit, steals a little bit there and there, he's you know, he's a 10 steal guy, which is exactly what you want. You want a couple of 20s, you know, like you got. And then you you can't just stop. You yeah, need another 10, fun. 15, 10 here, 12 there. And he's going to get to those. And you got uh Eveson Garcia who's gonna get you a few more. You got Verdugo, Segura. So you've got the, you know, the six or eight here, ten and twelve there mm-hmm. to back it up.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty happy with how the speed built up over the course of this thing. Polanco, yeah. And uh, yeah, Polanco's in that mix too. And Avisil Garcia's got some sneaky sprint speed, so I'm hoping Mm -hmm. he maybe runs a little bit more with Miami. And yeah, Chris Bryant with that third base OF. I switched in between third base and OF probably four or five times throughout this thing, just kind of depending on what I was looking at with my next pick. Ended up settling with him in the outfield uh, with Jamer Candelario at third, and then Trey Mancini. A little bit later in the draft, round eighteen, uh, but then in the sixth round, I would Charlie Morton, Justin Verlander. So, <laughs> my average age for my top three starters is thirty-eight, I believe. Uh, Max Scherzer, Charlie Morton, Justin Verlander. I know you're not a big Verlander guy. That aside, for this year anyway, given what history tells us about a guy attempting to do what he's done at uh, what he's doing at his age, coming back from Tommy John. But just more generally, do you think I skewed too far with the old starters up top?
2: No, no. I mean, the guys. I mean, no. Um, you got. Let's see. Scherzer was the one, two, three, six starter off the board. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. Six. You know, I mean, I, that's how. I, that's why I prefer to look at it. Then, and then of course, the goofballs that like to take saves in the second round of a twelve-team league jumped tater next. And then Wheeler <laughs> did not get a discount. And then it took a while to, uh, to I mean, Urias was next. And so, no, I mean, he slaughtered in just fine. Now, Morton, he, he got, you know, broke his arm, but he's fine. I mean, he is he now at the, I'd rather be one year too early than one year too late? I don't know that he's reached that yet. I think he's fine. And let's see, who else went? Let's see. Um, all right, so Morton, this is the sixth round, so it's coming back. So you just miss we uh we uh, I combined the two Webb and Freed, right? You were probably looking at one of those guys and they both went just a little bit that all right, well yeah. you know, I like, right. you know West, I like Kevin. Right, you know I like Kevin Gosman. So yeah, I would have I would have taken Kevin Gosman there, but you you know oh, I like Charlie that. Morton, yeah. Right. But I'm gonna be honest, I mean, I would not it's not so much I would have taken Verlander. I don't like any of the pitchers that kind of went well, I I, I like Brios next, but I wouldn't have taken him at that point. So I, you know, I would have probably gone a hitter there and hoped to make up pitching a little bit later. But looking at the two hitters you got in those next two picks, you know, probably not a bad idea that you got a pitcher at that spot. I mean, Polanco yeah, I almost and jumped
1: out of my seat when I, yeah. got the chance to draft <laughs> Polanco and Abreu eight nine. Yeah, just thrilled with that. Then I grabbed Luis Garcia of Houston. Just a caveat, or not a caveat, but just a warning for anybody drafting in the NFBC this weekend. Uh, if you click on Luis Garcia of Houston in that draft room, you're going to see a white guy for the Kansas City Royals. Don't panic uh, too much like I did. I was all set to take him, and I was scrambled at the last second thing. That's not the Luis Garcia I want, but I just think it may have been like an ID photo matching issue or something. Probably. pretty yeah. sure I got the right Luis Garcia, uh, hopefully. And then Corey Knable. I found the price to be great on him. And then my second closer was Jake McGee in the uh, 20th. So you know, generally the kind of cheaper route, but with McGee in particular, you know, Camilla Duvall went 12th and then McGee 20th. I don't understand that gap between those two.
2: Neither do I, uh, especially because McGee was a man all year. And all right, I guess I understand it. I just don't agree with it. You know, mm-hmm. people are looking at what Duval did at the end in the, the fastball and the playoffs, et cetera, but He's wild. He just, uh, w- well, you know, McGee got, was it COVID or was he hurt? I forget which, but there was, I think he may have even had COVID, which is why he uh, needed to be replaced for a couple of weeks. But I I think you mentioned it um, on the show we did today for XM. I think it's a coin flip. And now yeah. the difference in rounds is not a coin flip. <laughs>
1: no. Eight round gap between two guys who, you know, 50 50 chance of the job. And we- I do think McGee's just a better arm. Camilo Duvall's got an electric arm, but he doesn't. Really know where it's going a lot of times, so. right?
2: So Suarez went. Robert Suarez went in the twenty-second. Yeah, it's uh, pretty early. Well,
1: twenty-third.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so I mean, I'm thinking. So you got McGee a little early than that. So yeah, I mean, I don't know if you're playing chicken with him at that point. I kind of was
1: on Suarez, but yeah. So the, the I secrets mean, out. Think- I think. Although
2: he's not a lock to close. No, not at all. Not, I think the secret. I think the secret that he's an industry favorite is out. Yeah, I don't know that it's the interesting secret, spec. For sure. Yeah, I don't know that the. I don't. I don't think I haven't heard a word. I, uh, not that I've been bird dogging the San Diego newspapers, but I, I. I don't think we've heard much yet, and yeah, I don't think we're going to learn anything right away either. But um, and that's that's a scenario that maybe that may go into the season before we know who's going to get the bulk of the saves.
1: Yeah, maybe like an extended trial yeah. or audition for all those guys yeah. um yeah he was in my queue robert suarez but he went uh in the 23rd so yeah i grabbed you know eric lauer before that to round up my my active roster then into the reserves gavin luck was still there i didn't have any you know pressing need anywhere i felt so i thought let's take a shot on gavin lux in the upside i know they've already got some guys hurt uh AJ Pollock, I believe, is banged up, and Chris Taylor isn't playing in the field quite yet. So, looks like he has a, a block
2: path, but man, I can't quit this talent. And I mean, it sounds trivial, but releasing Matt Beattie is just one less roadblock, if you will. So, they or,
1: DFA'd him, yeah.
2: Right. I mean, for DH time, I mean, there's, there, there's ample flexibility to cover. I mean, Freeman, for the three games that Freeman doesn't play, you know, you move Muncie there and maybe that opens up, you know, time for Lux. So yeah, Lux is one of those guys where, I mean, it's not as applicable on a 12 team, but it's one of those, you know, it's cause you really kind of need to be playing every day, but you know, one injury away to one of six players and he's suddenly a full timer.
1: Yeah. So I hadn't really been targeting him in previous drafts, but he was just sitting there with my first reserve pick. And I thought, Let's just take this flyer on Lux because still young and highly talented prospect. Then I got Jonathan LaWise. I mentioned him and with the uh points league, I, I just really like the stuff. and Carlos Hernandez, I've been seeing James Anderson draft Carlos Hernandez of the Royals everywhere, and I had some FOMO on him. I just thought, heck, James isn't in this league, I might as well get one Carlos Hernandez share.
2: I um, do have one question an yeah. honest question. Um. Why Danny? Why Why Danny? Jan, why another catcher in reserve in a 12 team league? That's a good
1: question. I just felt like Danny Jansen was, you know, the best option available, honestly. I gotta, and plus, I feel like I'm going to have some injuries behind the plate. Maybe uh, with Narvaez, they got some lefties due up on a weekend. And uh, basically, I just kind of want to. Alternate Narvaez and, and
2: Jansen, kind of. I guess. Yeah, I guess I see the difference being. I, I don't think I'm ever going to do that. Yeah, um, I guess point maybe being, I wish I could have had that one. Well, back, you do. You not. got this Fab. I mean, you can. I'm just yeah, I more curious um, now that Kirk is going to be playing some more DH. There's more spots for Jansen. Yeah, exactly. point Jansen
1: being, finished really strong.
2: Yeah, he did, uh, he, and he's got a pedigree. I mean, he better defensively. It's just you know, I, you take a spec closer, you can take another. Streaming pitcher there, um, yeah. I, just, I was
1: considering like Stalman at the end, but I couldn't fit him. So you know, maybe so, I could have gone Stalman.
2: I, w- I mean, I was. I'm glad you didn't say it. I mean, you, I know you're not the Brewers fan, but you are in the area. I was gonna afraid you was gonna say something like, you know, I was at the laundromat and I heard someone say that Narvez is banged up a little bit because I've gotten oh, Narvez in oh, a lot of places. Thankfully, I haven't heard that. No. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I could have just asked if Narvez is hurt because that was that was the question I really wanted to ask. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
1: he could be by the time we're done with the show but I uh, nah nah that was more son where I I was looking at the uh Bad X, like catcher rankings on fan graphs, like the auction calculator and I just saw Danny Jansen staring me in the face and I thought you know what? having a little bit of insurance there sure. might be good but you're right in 12th team I probably didn't need to go with a, well, a
2: third plenty of time to 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 change that up as well too so yeah and make
1: a good point that it does look like Kirk's going to be DHing a lot so Jansen you know could have a pretty clear path to like, you know, 65% of that work. Yeah, I behind mean, the play.
2: from a strategic point of view, the point you know, the point I'm getting at is, if Narvez, if either of your catchers gets hurt, there's going to, you know, you're going to be there's going to be a decent, per, you know, relative there's going to be someone there to, to pick up in free agency, because you don't, there's not a lot of backup catchers that are kept. Mm. Uh, so you get somebody, and so, you, all right, it, it means worst case scenario is you can't replace one of those catchers for three games, mm-hmm. right? Cause if he gets hurt, you know, during the, during those three games, you can't replace them anyway. True. And if he gets re- hurt early in the week, if you had it, so you're missing out a zero for three games. I mean, some people insist on having a backup for every position mm-hmm. and they, including a catcher, uh, which is fine too. Now let's see team, you know, since you don't have to take, all right. So this kind of speaks towards, you know, catcher, catcher strategy in general. Team Team 6 who took Garrett Cole number 1 their 29th and 30th pick with their starting catchers Aaron Nola, Austin Nola and Jacob Stallings. Yeah. You know what? If I'm waiting for my last two picks for catchers and I end up with Nola and Stallings, I'm not complaining. Yeah,
1: that's really not bad. They kind of a savvy move on on that part, but I would say Will Smith and Omar Narvaez Significantly better tandem than Austin. Oh, Nolan, oh, for sure. Oh, and that no, gives
2: me I, a leg no, up. No, no, absolutely, think, it does. Yeah. I'm just saying relative. I mean, if, if that was the strategy, yeah. I would. You know, I'm not saying I agree with the strategy, but if that's the strategy, I'm pretty good with it because I, I'm think I'm seeing, uh, Stacy and I know we just signed and, and Bart. Uh, Eric Haas was drafted earlier. I'm seeing a lot of catchers who I would not have, who I would have taken. Who I wouldn't I mean? Who I think should have gone in you know noler should not have been on the board those those should not have been the last two catchers drafted yeah
1: I I don't hate that I again I I'm happy with my tandem and I think yeah no for sure it gives me edge but maybe he can make that work Daniel Hudson I got uh pretty excited about him just given you know the k rate the velo bump I know he's getting older but uh stuff seems to be intact his arm seems to be healthy. And I'm kind of fading the notion that Blake Trinan is going to be the primary closer. I know he's done that in the past with Oakland. He was the man as the closer and one of the best in the game. But uh, I've said before, I think Dave Roberts is making it pretty clear that he likes Blake Trinan as his fireman. And I think teams have kind of shown that that's really the best route is have your best reliever be flexible and and put out fires whenever they come up and not boxed into the ninth.
2: You know what, Hudson? It's also you know he, he could be a fireman too. Yeah, that's so, true. I that's mean, true. It's, I'm not. I'm it's saying go I'm either not, way. I'm not relative to the pick. That's just how good his skills are. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that that's an interesting scenario. I don't know that either of them are multi inning guy. I'm just trying to you know the, the thing about having a Hudson until we know what the what the usage patterns are. Um, you know, he's, if he gets a couple of saves early, he may not he may not be in your lineup to get him. You know, it's just one of those things True, that could that could burn me on occasion, especially you know. if they do spread things around. But they're not going they... to somebody else. It's, that's what I say to myself at this point. At least someone else doesn't get those saves.
1: Yeah, I forget. I was looking for the exact quote earlier, but I think I saw a quote from um, Dave Roberts that he said something like we the Dodgers would be worse if we, you know. Limited trying yeah. to, to closing duties exclusively, so I'm kind of fading that notion. And certainly the increased price on and uh, You mentioned Danny Jansen. Then I rounded things out with Evan Longoria, the most boring player in fantasy probably, but decent bench option. Then Tony Kemp. I, I mentioned I had Josh Stalman in the queue. Maybe I could have gone Hunter Green with some upside, but uh, Kemp should play every day. And I, I felt I, I felt I needed a bench outfielder. Plus he brings bonus second base eligibility.
2: And he's going to hit high up in the order. I mean, it's not yeah. the greatest order and, not the shouldn't he run
1: it. a little bit more like with the we need to manufacture runs.
2: On paper, whether he is, yeah, you know, we'll see. But yeah, on paper he should.
1: Well, I finally just want to thank Greg Ambrosius and the kind folks at the NFBC and Roto-Wire President Peter Shanky for this opportunity to play in the Rhoda Wire online championship and chase that that grand prize. It's a lot of fun. Thanks to everybody who signed up and took time out of their Thursday to uh do this last night. It was a lot of fun. Uh, Todd, as we wrap things up today, anything else on your mind that you want to mention?
2: Yeah, you think I would put a little prep into this because you always ask me this question. And, <laughs> you know, sometimes I remember to do it and and sometimes I, I don't remember to do it, but I didn't really remember to do it this time. So uh, I can't I don't have anything pithy to add. I was actually just reading a Dave Roberts quote to try to find where if, he, if to find his quote. And the one I'm reading doesn't, it doesn't have that. Uh, doesn't have the answer or doesn't address what you were talking about, but, um, yeah, I need to I I we'll check on that.
1: So don't All right, what do well, I have hold me up? to I, those exact
2: words. But. You know what we can do? This is Friday and people listening to this. Um, we can tell fit people that we're together again tomorrow.
1: Oh yeah. We're like, on uh, we X series so, XM.
2: Yeah. So when I pretend that I knew this right away. So what else is on my mind is I'm looking forward to talking to you again tomorrow, Clay on the one to three show. Cause, uh, is that, that's usually you and James? Yep. On Saturdays. So yeah. So, so yeah. So uh, they're Jeff Erickson and James are both at the, the main event in Vegas. So uh, I think Jeff is coming back in time to do the show with me on Sunday. Maybe not. Mm-hmm. I don't recall. I think he is, but yeah. So we're we're together again and we, hopefully maybe we'll have each have a game on in the background. I know we'll be reporting spring training action, but it'd be nice to have a game on in the background now. Yeah, it really
1: would, man. I know you know this is kind of a while ago now, but congrats to uh Justin Mason. I think you said right. it, you've said it a bunch, but on the Laura Michael Zen and Now Award, very much well deserved. Does a lot of great work in the industry, and yeah, thanks and great job on everything with Tot Wars last weekend. I know it was a busy one for you, Todd. Job well done. It's an honor to be a part of it, and looking forward to playing out this points league. And, yeah, if you're playing in points leagues, maybe uh, give us some feedback. Let us know maybe the individual wrinkles in your league and kind of how you play things. Hope you'll join us next week. We'll catch you then on the RotoWire Fantasy Baseball Podcast.